Hello and welcome to another horrific review. I'm joined once again by Dale as we continue our journey along the filmography path of Sir Peter Jackson. Tonight we're discussing The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Released in 2012, this film tells the story of a reluctant hobbit, Bilbo Baggins, who sets out to the lonely mountain with a spirited group of dwarfs to reclaim their home. This movie was made on a budget of $315 million and brought in $1 billion at the box office. Hi Dale and welcome back. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yes, no, wow. No, it's crunch time. <laughs> yeah, that's a big budget, isn't it? What a profit. Woohoo. Yeah, that's that's the bigger <laughs> three times the budget of the Lord of the Rings. Oh. Like the Lord of the Rings movies were an 80, 90 million dollar budgets. It's crazy. And they were bringing in billion, you know, I mean, we were obviously we've done those movies and they brought in the same sort of profit. So this is actually eating into the profit yeah um, wow. this is the start it was around about 2010 this culture began of the budgets just getting bigger and bigger and there were diminishing returns and everything was expected to be a blockbuster and this is where it's starting to go wrong and go what an example the like for a start this should have only been one or maybe two movies yeah. It shouldn't have been a trilogy. No, not at all. No. Obviously, that it had to be, but seriously, it didn't need to be. Well, then that's Warner Brothers being stupid. I mean, and we're talking three-hour movies. You know, it's Lord of the Rings all over again, you know, obviously, because, well, he had to do it that way. But, you know, it's just after reading the book, which I finally finished. Yeah, which Yay is... for me. Yeah, which is that compared to to what came out of this movie. You know what? I thought I'd watched this before, but funnily enough, I hadn't. I'd actually watched the second one, I think. <laughs> oh, God, that's a, that's not a good place to start. We'll get to that um, yeah. next time. But um, there's Chris. Hi, guys. Recently watched this last year with my son. There's a really good movie in there, I think, with a good editor. Lots of unnecessary and drawn-out scenes. Well, when you've got what is that, a hundred and twenty page book? Yeah, I know, right? It's the Hobbit is not a massive book, and a lot of the pages are songs. So, the actual journey itself, um, I actually made. I read this in school, and I made a board game of it. The Hobbit oh. board game, just drawn. You know, what I mean, it was arts and crafts in school, and I just you know drew it out and had the Lonely Mountain at the end and. Uh, they encountered all the, the trolls and the giants and everything, you know. So, well, you know, just like snakes and ladders, you roll the dice and people went along yeah. uh, to get there. Um, but that this was definitely my The Hobbit was my introduction to fantasy, and that's what really spurred my imagination. If I'd never read The Hobbit, that would have been a you know, I'd just been a drone. That's this changing. book really set a fire under me, and that's where I started looking for fantasy and started. You know, wanting to tell stories, wanting to get involved with sort of production things, even from a young age. 
either or didn't you know that this is the book that really set it off um this such a shame the way this turned out because if they had left jackson alone and trusted him they could have worked on the silmarillion and they could have worked on some of christopher's tokens work the unfinished tales they could have had a 10-year plan and it could have been Mm -hmm. reinvigorated but because the studio is a studio and now we say the state that Warner Brothers is in. Shit, it didn't even fucking twenty fifth anniversary. They never re released these movies. There's instant like we talked about that. There was money on the table, and because they're idiots, they never took advantage of it. No, no, they don't. They don't think like that, do they? they they're just... meant to. They're supposed to be companies about making money, and now they're about everything but. And it's. It's gone insane. It's gone insane. It really has. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. I'm long. You know. I'm not even angry anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's I'm, kind of just got I'm, used to it. Um. God, there's a uh, Steve message me. He's talking about fucking. I'd heard rumors of it, but yeah, it's confirmed. They're bringing out I Am Legend Two. Yes, they are. So I've heard Why? as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I Why? mean, there wasn't even there wasn't even a book. <laughs> this is, I mean, she's not. I am legend too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. My uh, gosh! And it, oh my god, people turning Mickey Mouse into a serial killer. And, oh, that's and, funny as hell. I I, I know. Right? But there, there's there's about different. Um, but that's all. That's just a stick at the Disney. You know what I mean? That yep. that is the best because there's about five characters entering public domain this year. Bambi's one of them. it's getting ridiculous no but the horror genre that's what i love about the horror genre because other genres can't do it we're a horror genre what we're going to make a movie yeah we'll do that in a week boom it'll be out (laughs) exactly exactly uh you know it's that energy creative energy that horror creators have that no one else does yeah and i think this is the i think this is the final trilogy of broke peter jackson I think he had got too involved in Hollywood. Yep. He, uh, the studio demands, you know, he got part of the machine. And that's why he doesn't do movies anymore. Yeah, this broke him. Yep. And that I, was it. No more, just documentaries and love passion, you know, passion work. Yeah. Just mentoring people, which is cool. Yeah. And I'm yeah, glad, actually, it. he. I'm glad he's not somebody that chases relevance. Yeah, yeah, no, he knew when to leave, right? Yeah. He knew it was his time and he moved on, whereas others keep going when p- possibly their Bradley times Scott. are long gone. Will Smith, <laughs> like, well, that's a stupid sequel, doesn't need to happen. Yes. Uh, but, uh, who's that our yeah. one that's ruining things, right? Ridley Scott's James Cameron, he's normal one ruining things. Oh, James Cameron, yeah. 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 The just... green screen man. <laughs> yeah, and who do you call him? Martin Scorsese? Uh, like does his three R movies that are just the same gangster movie retold a hundred times. Oh I mean, god! I mean, there's a whole, no. there's a reason why I'm not interested in anything outside of horror. Uh God, there's uh, I've just seen an interview with uh, Dennis Villeneuve for June Two, and it's I'm telling my story, not this story. And you're like, all right, okay. So that's I had my suspicions with the first one. I, I reviewed it on the Muller Channel. And I'm obviously going to be back for a part two when it comes out in a couple yeah. of weeks' time. Um, but already, I'm telling my own way. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, 
um, this is one. This is one of the crux points. It's this is where we see it going wrong. Yep. They just have no foresight, no insight. They just, just. Yeah, that's why independent filmmakers are so important. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Even if they hit my guts because I laugh at their stuff. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Metropolitana. Oh, God. Oh, oh that God. was glorious. He used my work. He laughed at it. You're not meant to do that. <laughs> uh, if I could reach through the screen right now, I'd slap you silly. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> uh, I'm a bad person. You but are. Then, but here's the thing. Even... Even on intentional comedy, there's still more heart, and there's still a desire to actually make something. Where oh hell yeah! These studios and the, like the mainstream media is just—they're drones. Like I can't even laugh at any of this stuff. Like there's scenes here that you're meant to I think laugh at, and I couldn't because I'm just like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, there were a couple of those moments. Yep, yep. Hmm. But I have to say, the first, the first two acts of this movie, I actually enjoyed. This is the, and the, basically, it's okay. three quarters of the book, in the first yep. part of the movie, and you can, you can also tell if you've, even if you haven't read The Hobbit, you can tell this is padding. You can. Oh. <sighs> Absolutely. Uh, I think really though, you do have to read the book to understand that there are the fillers are. Uh, are, you know, a lot of travel scenes, um, just things that, you know, were very, very actually like Lord of the Rings, of course, they try to emulate that sort of thing. But um, yeah, no, there's the travel scenes and just um, a bit of the battle scenes maybe went a bit too long. And it was constant. <laughs> it was peril to peril to peril where it just got a bit it ridiculous. Was. So you didn't have like a a cliffhanger because you had about six cliffhanger scenes in this which is like ah oh, come on and by the end you're just like <sighs> just exhausted yeah, it's, a, it's a wild ride isn't it it's just one intensity to to the next to the next to the next there's a little couple of moments in there where it's 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 lightened the mood's lightened quite oh actually a few times i have to say mm -hmm. but um yeah the, the intensity level was very high yeah so, yeah, because this is my first time watching it, I'm actually quite blown away by how wonderful. I I, I didn't think I'd like it that much because, well, the book was so short. And, um, no, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, when we'll talk about the, sec the second one's where it all goes wrong. Really? Okay, I think well, it's the second one. Yeah, yeah, it's the Desolation of Small Guts. When we get to that, we'll... Um, be a completely different review. This I had hope for, and it's interesting coming back to it. Um, like, <laughs> of course, we get our first beheading in the prologue. Oh, god, and now uh, great, eh? I just love looking out for that, like, yeah, beheading off of his head. I know, and then there's a couple more beheadings, actually, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, but we're getting like a retail, it was done the same way as Lord of the Rings, it was almost yep. like, even not as good. Like he yeah. may as well, uh, uh, not Thorin, but uh, his father may as well be Nisildur, you know, defeated. Right. And 
Thornogles may as well be nizzled there in the in the prologue. So it was a, felt like padding because we know it is. Yeah. Um, if you've read the book, you know this is all just the fill out time. Yeah. If I had to just let him alone, just right, I will get you two successful movies. And then we can look at another project. I this would have because this really did start to rot. And the thing oh, is, Lord, they made yeah. profit initially, but Warner Brothers are in trouble now. Mm. Oh yeah, like massively, like financially in mm. trouble. And this is where this has all begun. Going down Budgets the getting too big. There's unnecessary. Yeah. Mm. And we know what Peter Jackson can do with a limited budget. With his attention to detail, and this, you could feel the CGI in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. More so than the Lord of the Rings, actually. Absolutely. So. And it costs more and it looks cheaper. Yeah. Some of the scenes, uh, some of the creatures did look a bit out of proportion. Some of them were a bit odd looking, too. Mm -hmm. It was like, um, some of those scenes um, when Legolas and Lord of the Rings sort of didn't didn't really make didn't look good, that good, you know. But so. there were only small scenes in an entire epic, yeah. so you could forgive yeah. it. Yeah, but that shouldn't be happening, right? Mm -hmm. In any movie, but um, hey, they're playing around with you know lots of different visual effects and whatever. So I guess they they got away with it. Yeah, I think they got away with it. Definitely. Yeah, but not so much mm. in this one because you can see yeah. it. Yep. Yep. Definitely with some of the creatures. Yeah. Um, I yeah. did like the. Uh, I was nice to see Elijah Wood and Ian Holm, you know, back as uh, Bilbo and oh, Frodo. That was so great. <laughs> and they set up right before Frodo runs off to meet Gandalf. And so you could automatically picture it, that part running into the next part. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. Yeah, there were so many. Uh, just seeing them again, Elijah Woods and, you know, Frodo. That was just so cool. That was so cool seeing him come in the door. Oh, you know, then, yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah. And uh, see, I actually quite like that transition scene on the couch from um, uh, the old Bilbo from Lord of the Rings turning into the young Bilbo. With what's his name, Freeman? Martin Freeman. Yeah, the the actor. I, abs I absolutely hate him. I don't like him. Why? Yeah, he's he's okay in this, but um, yeah, I've seen him in Sherlock. He's horrendous. I've seen him in some of the Marvel stuff. He's horrendous. There's a lot of other movies. He has the same look, mannerism. He's just no. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, as, you're right. On, like once again. Peter Jackson proves he can get the best performances out of mediocre actors because Martin yeah. Freeman, in my opinion, is a mediocre actor. He has yeah. no range. He's just one characterization. That's it. Okay. Because, oh. yeah, in this one, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah once again, it's, we've seen this with it, Peter, Jackson. Peter Jackson. It's his yeah. style. This isn't Martin Freeman. This is Peter Jackson pulling Martin Freeman by the strings and getting the performance out of him. And I think yep. I think he's got, what, the 100 take take down, you know, to break, break someone down. I think so. <laughs> you, you'll either do this right or we're here all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 300 yeah. takes I, later. Yeah. Uh, he's good like that. <laughs> so, once again, that's just testament to Peter Jackson. He can get the best performances even out of the, like, not the best material. 
Yeah, God, even, yeah. Because if you look at Martin Freeman in other roles and he's just exactly the same, and I just, you know, like I said, I just, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I didn't like him in Sherlock Holmes, no. Yeah, I don't actually like Sherlock Holmes anyway, period, so. (laughs) Some of the the books are clearly Arthur Conan Doyle books, interesting, but um, I don't like the modern Sherlock Holmes, like I like some of the, the old school ones. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. And the Baskervilles, you know, that was always a cool story. Mm. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, we'll go back. <laughs> and then I'll just love the whole, because that was in the book almost verbatim, wasn't it? The good morning. Are you wishing me a good morning? Are you stating it's a good morning? That's that's all in the book, isn't it? That's Yes, I know. Cool, <laughs> That whole dialogue. And I'm like, that was some of the cleverest dialogue. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's so playful. It is. It is. It's, it's just, we love, you know, Gandalf's just so cool. It's awesome. Awesome yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. And, but Tolkien's writing as well, you know, and that, this wasn't just two actors because once again, uh, Ian McKellen, he would carry these books around with him. You know, we, he's proper fan. So it's like they were made for him, you mm-hmm. know? It's, yeah. Yeah. He see he fits the Gandalf character so just perfectly. Yeah, they they couldn't have picked a better actor for him. Yeah. Sean Connery apparently was approached and turned down the role because he thought that the whole thing was silly. Really? And he couldn't oh. understand it. And you're like, have you seen half his he was in Highlander too, so <laughs> the Highlander movies and he's in other yeah. stuff. And you're like, really, mate? Uh Sean Connery's somebody who I think disappeared up his own backside. <laughs> he possibly did towards um, the end. Yeah. yeah. And, and some it, of his roles. I think he just got a wee bit too full of his self own self-importance where yeah. actors like Christopher Lee and Ian McKellen, like they're they're just different class. They are. They're old school actors who put a hundred percent into their roles, you know. They have a responsibility to entertain and they do it to the maximum. And as we know. Peter Jackson gets everything you know he wants out of his out of his actors, no mm-hmm. matter how many takes he has to <laughs> do to make it perfect. Yeah, so but I think he might have lost it a bit on the CGI this time, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's I mean this costs more, it looks worse. Yeah, no, it's they haven't figured. They think CGI is the easy way to do things. Because it's a bunch of people sitting in a in a lab, but it's it's not. It costs more. They're charging over the odds, and the movies yeah. aren't looking as good. And this is we've seen this this pattern, and even today they're like cartoons, and that's not even. I like some animated stuff. You know, there's some animated stuff done really well. Yes, but, there are. But live action with CGI isn't. It's just cheap and horrible, and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, obviously there's too much trying to nod and wink to the movies, the Lord of the Rings movies with us, and not letting it breathe and be its own story. Because mm. the, the Hobbit's a different tone. It's a kids, you know, it is purely a kids book. It's yeah. a lighter-hearted one. It's classic, oh, you know. Absolutely high fantasy adventure 
Lord of the Rings is a step up. That's your young adult reading material. And that's, you know, a bit more grimness. But this had a this should have been allowed to be its own story instead of being chained to the previous trilogy, which the you know it's so obvious even in this one. And this is the best out of the three of them. This is the best out of the three of them. Oh, this is the best movie out of the three of them, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Because it's the one of the six closest to the actual story, but they're still, they couldn't, you know, like they tried to make Thor and Oakenshield Aragon 2.0 when he arrives oh. in and all, and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. There were parallels, definitely, you know, to Return of the, you know, the Return of the King, obviously, the, that thread carried through. Um, yeah, um, even... I was thinking even the um, the eagle scene, you know, that it was very, very, very Lord of the Rings type of situation. Yeah. And the cut out the conversation with the Eagle King. Oh, Gandalf has what? a conversation yeah. with the, well, with the eagles they, talk. They're intelligent. They're not beasts of burden. Yeah. Well, no, I know. Well, that's not what they kept portrayed in the movie, right? But I think... I really think that possibly because the eagles play a role in the Lord of the Rings and where Gandalf doesn't have to have a huge conversation with any um, uh, owl kings or anything, it would have failed the plot for the neck for the Lord of the Rings. It wouldn't, you know, it's, I think they had to carry on because, I mean, they were used quite a, what, a couple of times in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Twice, Twice um, where he once didn't have to have when Gandalf escaped... Uh... Yep. Or Isengard, yep. and then yep. at the end when they came to find him, but yep. that's fine. They didn't need any more. But in the Hobbit, we actually get to meet the eagles and understand that, like the dragons, they're an intelligent yes. race. And there was yes. a whole I, that was should have picked out. up a bit, but there was a whole conversation to think about why they won't go to Little Mountain. Yeah, there was something yeah. about you know, I mean, there was a conversation which I can't remember now, but. There's a bit in the book they actually left That's out, right? Because once again, and, this is chained. And then that would it would have made sense as to why the owls didn't, uh, eagles, why they didn't drop them off closer to the Lonely Mountain, right? Mm -hmm. If they had had that whole conversation in there, then we could we would have known that. Well, why didn't you go closer? Well, now we know why they didn't go closer to the lonely because we we hear that in the dialogue between Gandalf and the and the um, king. So, you know, it's just yeah, it's, it's it's weird when they adapt books into movies and they leave bits out and embellish other bits. And yeah, it can end up looking a bit messy from the book. But it's I don't think a short it's book. Yeah, it is, but yeah, I don't think you need to read the book and able to to mm. able to get the whole sense of this movie. No, yeah. In fact, it's quite a disappointment if you think about it to the book. I, I hate to say that, but yeah. no, but yeah, if you're taking a short book and you're spinning it into three movies, and then you're actually leaving parts out of the short book, and you're adding all this extra stuff in, you're kind of like, what are you doing? I know, right? What? I'm almost getting it's, flashbacks to Frighteners, you know what I mean? That sort of... Yeah. This isn't Peter... This is um, discount Peter Jackson. This is Peter Jackson on a bad day. 
Yeah, I know. I wonder what he was thinking. I mean, it's a great movie, this one. I think this is 100% studio interference. it's, It's just got to be. Seriously, it's got to be. There's no other reason for it. He wouldn't drop the ball like this so so badly. No, I think this is 100% studio interference. They just wanted their cash grab. You know, they wanted their, you know, remember this, folk jangle the keys. Remember Lord of the Rings? Well, here we go again. That's it. And the completely, once again, this is this is the start. This is started around about 2010. This is the start of this culture of Oh, we don't want to do fan service. Why would we want to? Why would we want to give our customers what we want? We hate their customers. This is the beginning of that culture. Yeah. And yes. Then they start bringing in. Oh well, if you criticize this movie, you're an estenophobe and blah blah. You know, I mean, that came later. But this is the start of this because they haven't earned their place. A lot of these people in these studios are fathers and sons or friends of. The established, you know, the ones that built it. Now they've seen this generation come in of what is the story? You know, the the father builds it, the son maintains it, and the son crashes the Lamborghini into the tree, or the grandson crashes the Lamborghini into the tree. Yep, it's that yeah, we're right. at that stage of you know the grandkids are uh, just the completely entitled, privileged. They're sons and daughters of actors and actresses you know people in the hollywood bubble so they're being given jobs just to give them something to do yeah and they they don't have the talent no no they don't and it shows and then because they don't show contempt to the people that do have talent and i think like peter jackson came out of nowhere in terms of hollywood Let's be honest, because we, those of us that have followed him, you know, and if you've been in this channel and followed the journey, we know the journey. He's, he's worn there and earned his stripes. But I still think there's a lot of resentment. And, you know, there's such a petty little town. Yeah. That he completely swept people away. And the fact that 25 years later, people are still gushing over what he's done and they can't even touch him. There's that bitterness and hatred there. You know, if you're if you're that sort of person and you're not talented and you're not humble because you've never been told no in your life and there's a shining example of someone that's you know got more talent than her baby finger than any of the rest of us ever have there's a resentment you know i'm always worrying not to be that person that's somebody i'd hate to become yeah that's why i'm kind of frightened of success don't know if frightens the word, but I'm I'm dubious of it. You know, getting too big or getting too successful because I'd hate to become that person. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. We'll see it here. This is hundred percent the studio. Oh, just put a Lord of the Rings badge on yep. it, and we'll just just make it a generic movie. And yeah, follow the same formula. Yeah. <sighs> I think maybe it was just Peter Jackson thinking, you know, he's going to break out into Hollywood again and and it's all going to be all louder, you know, excellent, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, well, and he'll continue on. Maybe this was just, just yeah, the end of his reign, basically. Um, he's realised that he doesn't want to be in Hollywood, you know. He'd rather be just back home chilling out, relaxing and not having to do all that stressful stressful work i mean mm. how much work did he put into it you know well we looked at king kong 
Oh, exactly. You know, that, I mean, was, was, his, that was his passion project. That was the thing he really, you know, he just always wanted to retail that one. This, I think he was kind of, because he's part of the establishment at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he got just taken away, you know, on the, just just hoping it was just going to be, you know, just fantastic and it just wasn't. More interference this time than Lord of the Rings. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I'm not, I know I shouldn't compare them, but I can see more of um, Peter Jackson's personality and the Lord of the Rings than I did in, in this this particular film. But, however, I did see lots of homage to New Zealand, which was really cool, which is what we like Peter Jackson to do, obviously, because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. But at the same time, it wasn't going to have the same effect. You know, when we saw the Sweet Investors for the first time and, the, and put into the universe of middle earth we've seen that so it wasn't going to ever have the same impact so you needed to tell a different story i just think this is 100 percent hollywood peter jackson's busy being put at the front this is back to this term now where you cast directors you don't have them yes so the studio has their plot their idea what they wanted to be and they just want a name yeah yeah. So the cast that oh, you're Peter Jackson, you're associated with us, you'll bring the people in. Yeah. But you're gonna do it our way. And you can you can bloody see it. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> it's it is, it is, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Uh most disappointing part of this movie was the were the action scenes. Yep, highlight in Lord of the Rings where There was a highlight in the Lord of the Rings, the action scenes, yep, because they were they meant something, but unless they were comically unrealistic, uh, no consequences, yep. Um, Fellowship Borber died, but there's a million arrows and not one dwarf was hit. Yeah, it descended in the farce. However, in defense of this one, up until the this chase scene with the goblins, or, or the, yeah, with the goblins, this movie was actually doing okay. Yeah. yeah. I was actually, you know, we'll get the opening scene. Gandalf's met Bilbo and he, he know, you know, I mean, he, even before Bilbo, he's been coming to the share for, you know, age and age. And then when he uh, sets him up, as he says, this is the meeting point for the dwarves. Yeah. I remember when I first watched this being really irritated by the, the dining scene when all the dwarves arrive and just start helping themselves, but maybe that's just my personality because I would go ballistic <laughs> if it was me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I've mellowed out because it wasn't this bad this time. Oh, you're funny. I got with the comedy oh, of it. Yeah. Um, hey, I think he contained that really well. I thought that was really cool, them falling in the door. And then... um. Oh, the dish scene. That's just, with the dishes, that's just awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it didn't seem as drawn out, where before it seemed to be that um, it just felt like a really long scene. But this, actually watching it again, it just seemed right. So the introduction of the character, you know what I mean? And that's, um, because it is a totally different book. Yeah. And the problem is, because of the prologue, you're expecting another Lord of the Rings that's where this yeah. kind of derails from the start. Is that prologue was so, you know, I mean, it was just, Collect sorrow- yeah, 
it was that yeah. all over again. You're like, we don't need that again. This is a different yeah. story. Exactly. If this had it just opened up with um, Frodo and Bilbo. Yeah. That's what I said. The studio should have just stayed out and let him do. He could have done this in one movie. Oh, God, yeah, he could have. If they really. Look. If they really pushed him, then two movies. Yeah, but no, definitely, I reckon three hours he could have done it and, and it would look magnificent, absolutely. You know, it would have cut out a lot of the journey scenes. I mean, some of those scenes were just long and drawn out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, those are the fillers. <sighs> we didn't need the whole subplot of uh, Sauron or Raven, you know. I remember I watched it first and said, I thought it was going to be Morgoth that we're going to allow to, you know, to do something different, but Obviously, as we know, it's just it has the necromancer Sauron, and you're like, why, why else thing? And then the the Morgul blade and all appearing, just so we can have, uh, you know, Easter eggs. You're like, all that is unnecessary. It was, <laughs> it was, and it became ridiculous actually. Towards the end, it was just like, um, well, you know, you could have got to that part a lot, a hell of a lot sooner. I just. Like, I think, like, the Goblin World, um, they were in there too long as far as I was concerned. That's where it lost me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I think it all just began to look a bit ridiculous. The creatures, the goblins looked out of proportion. Uh, Their body structures looked really odd. They they looked really odd. They didn't look scary and terrifying to me. Well, look at the goblins. Got the goblins right in uh, Lord of the Rings. Right. You know, because it was the goblins that were in uh, Moria, the mines of Moria. Yeah. Not orcs. Yeah. And they were absolutely horrifying, mate. Oh, my God. They were terrifying. So it's like almost, um, and then um, the trolls. Um, no, I like they, the troll scene. It's awesome. No, I love it. I absolutely loved it. It was hilarious. They sounded like a bunch of freaking, I don't know, uh, English footballers in a pub or some shit. <laughs> I loved their accents. They were so great. And um, I actually felt, started feeling sorry for them when they started getting um, chopped up and shot at and uh, arrows and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. I, I felt a bit sorry for them. Uh, <laughs> that basically played out the same scene in the book, if I remember rightly. Yeah. It's been, you I know what I mean? So. It was the scene with the... The trolls that was that was played out the same way in the book, and that's they're dim-witted, they're silly, naive, they're just you know, really they're not doing anything terrible. You know, they're they're big creatures that need to eat, and they're just minding uh, their own business. So I felt a bit, yeah. It's because they attacked the party, you know, and stole their horses, yeah. and, you know. But that that was the Hobbit. You know, that's the only real scene in this that was purely the Hobbit. Exactly. It, and maybe the dinner, the the dinner scene, the supper scene, where all the drawers yes. arrive. That was the because the Hobbit is a different tone from Lord of the Rings. Oh, definitely. <sighs> it's all dark and dread and doom and gloom. But um, the, 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 when I started seeing the visuals falling apart, was actually when the um, trolls turn into uh, stone. Mm-hmm. When I saw those those props it was like oh no what you could have done better than that oh my goodness they just didn't it wasn't right no but this is 
this is the pattern. This is modern Hollywood now. Over bloated budget. 200, 300 million and doesn't look as good because they're spending it in all the wrong places. Totally. And mm. they won't trust the director. The the director's just the plunked in place, but it's the studio. Is, yeah, the one person you should be trusting is the director. You know, you shouldn't have your hands in there too, but hey, they did what they did. And um, yeah, I mean, no. we got this. I, I thought it was good, but um, there were some scenes, yeah, that were just a write-off for me. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame because I really, I really, uh, you know, after a f this is going to be the last movie that we're going to be doing of Sir Peter Jackson's, but it's sad to see that he'd gone up so far and then come down again. But he's still a master and we still know him, mm. you know. But this would know why. It's not that yeah. he all of a sudden became untalented. This is pure... Studio. And this is the this is the foreshadowing of what's ahead, what we're now seeing today. I wonder if that's why he didn't make any more was because it was ruining his reputation as a filmmaker, Which, wasn't it? Reputation is everything. It is. And it already signed the contracts, you know, and obviously yeah. your your end if he had to say no. Probably, you know what I mean, would have sunk him, you know, it's a very nasty it's a nasty culture, which I don't understand the need for it. It doesn't need to be as cutthroat as it is. Yeah, but that's the world we're in now, you know. Yeah. It's dog, dog world, so. But once again, you can still manage without this need to destroy other people. I just, that's why I, I'm not motivated by fame or money or, you know, personally, because I don't want to enter that arena. It would just change your life in, in, in the worst possible way, you know, because then you get swayed to do one thing and then another, and, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want my integrity. If I leave this planet poor without paying them a name but still have my integrity, I'm happy because that's, yep. that's what's important to me, you know, and I think this is what finally uh, finished Peter Jackson Hollywood. He's like, nah, my integrity's out the window, and everything yeah. that made him what he was is being torn apart. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and that shows his character, doesn't it? His personality and his strength and his fortitude to to keep to his moral basis. You know, even though he's he's a as a film director, he's kind of got. There have been instances of him pushing the boundaries and maybe breaking some moral boundaries, but as an individual person, he's obviously a very strong soul, you know. Yeah, and it's a rare thing today. It, it is. Um, yeah, and also an argument, but and this is obviously after the trolls when they go into the cave and they find uh, Glandring or Chris and Sting. Well, they didn't call it Sting then, but we know it's, it's Sting. Yep. Those little things of the Hobbit, you know, that's all we needed. We need the finding of the swords. We need the finding of the ring. We need Bilbo going on his venture yes. and becoming the, you know, the black shape of uh, Hobbiton. Yeah, that's all you need in this. But they just, it's chained to the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, and that's what's ruined this. Is because they can't set it aside, even though it's the same, you know setting it's a different time it's different characters it's a different story yeah. 
different story completely. You, you didn't need to do all that. Um, mm. And I, this is once again, this is studio treating the audience like they're idiots. Yeah, yeah. Here, I remember so, this yeah. thing? Yeah, yep, yep, absolutely. Trying to um, go off the back of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, Which well. they didn't need to do again. I think they probably did it because they used the same filmmaker, I do, um, do, the same director, I think. You know, sometimes when trilogy, uh, sequels or whatever use a different director completely than the first one, um, then you see a different type of directing. But I think because he did The Lord of the Rings, he probably he, he had no other option but to link it to The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. Because you're using the same environment, like the same, the Shire mm. and Bree and all those places are still the same map as the Lord of the Rings, still in the same place. So I guess that's probably why. Yeah, you know? it's, like I said, this could have been two 90-minute movies. Let's, let's put it like two 90-minute movies or one three-hour spectacle and the yeah, story would have been told. Yeah. And you didn't yeah. need all this extra stuff. No. And then no. it gets even more ridiculous as we go on. Uh, because uh, I switched off, honestly, uh, like I said, I was on board, up to the trolls, when they found the swords, when they go to Rivendell again, even having Saruman appear, which he didn't oh. in the book. He didn't in the book, no, no. So Galadriel doesn't all... appear in the book either. No, Eld only Eldron, wasn't it? Elrond, yeah, it's only Elrond. Was it? Yeah. Well, pushing out the, you know, he wanted a trilogy, so he had to bring in other characters, I guess. It's just <laughs> I completely know, but it was laughing. Radagast was in, you know, I mean, Radagast was in the book. Um, yes, but not like this. No, like, no. Um, God, I can't remember the name of that actor either. He's pretty well known, but uh, yeah. Uh, no. Can't remember his name. No, but, but Radagast, you know, I mean, Radagast was in it. It was good to see Radagast. And I love the way he went from the goofiness, you know, of absent minded, you know, his own world of when it needed to be serious. Yes, yes, absolutely. Point. Yep, yep, I agree. He's a cool character. He's odd and weird and <laughs> absolutely nice, lighthearted bits. He was there when he needed to be, which was really good. You know, he helped them out with the um, getting away from the wags so yeah that was pretty cool there's yeah, two cool. lines in this that just made me absolutely cringe because it was so much of a uh like i hit you over the head you know remember lord of the rings um whenever gandalf was guiding him into the thing he says in here you fools it's like oh oh right okay now we're getting a replication of the rock scene fools. And it's yeah. just like, why are you doing that? You've just cheapened your previous work. And then when Saruman's like, oh, Radagast eats those mushrooms of Adelda's mind, you know, they've recreated the dialogue where he's saying about uh, Gandalf smoking too much of the, you know, the Hobbit's weed. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, why are you doing this? That's just, you're, you're actually actively turning apart your own previous work with these <sighs> cheap lines. Oh, no. Yeah, it's all references to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's you don't need that with a story. It's that's... Like banging, banging the viewer on the head. Remember the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Remember that one? 
But that's yeah. the studio. It's not. It's not Peter Jackson. You know, it's not Peter Jackson. I think Peter Jackson left alone would have just told the Hobbit the story, and that would have been it. Yeah. Oh. A part one, the part two, the appease the studio, and the he wouldn't have tarnished his reputation the way he did. Yeah, I know. <sighs> oh, looking forward to watching the next one. Oh God, I'm not. Um, oh. But towards the yeah, towards the end, like after after the goblin scene, it just went stupid and then it just reminded me because I was still going oh is this as bad as I thought was I just being overcritical then I got to the goblin scene and I'm like oh right this is where it all goes wrong and then we've got the it just this is it for the next two movies epic you know action scene to action scene to action scene oh they're in danger oh they're in peril oh there's a love triangle oh they're in danger oh they're in peril oh there's a love triangle oh guess what do you remember Sauron yeah he's there Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just <laughs> is this gonna be a what? short review? What can you say? <laughs> yeah, oh, I think oh. this is gonna be a short review than normal because there's yeah. not really much more to say. But this is flipping there's, there's really much more to say other than I love the ending with um sh- um smog smog. How do you pronounce yeah. his name? Smog, yeah, smog. Smog. at the end that was my favorite but it's just funny like so he thrust tap on a <laughs> a snail and that's what it took to wake him up you're like no. that's amazing yeah yeah but there was a whole scene with that you know that was not in there so oh well we, we have to wait for part two <laughs> yeah, um... i was so tempted to carry on seriously i really really enjoyed this so if I, I hope I'm not going to be too disappointed in the last two, but I'm I'm, I'm yeah. This is it, where it gets like he's, if you think about it, he's told three quarters of the the book in this movie. I know, I know. What's left? What's left? I'm just going to Lonely Mountain. That's it. and then Bilbo, you know, encountering Smog because that's the biggest part. That's is you know, it's it wasn't about Thor and Oakenshield. It no, it wasn't. <sighs> And I mean, a little bit was in there about Thorin and, you know, I mean, obviously, but it wasn't based around him, you know? I've done the return of the king trope again. The king going back to claim his his heritage. It's it's just the same story repeated, except different characters. Yeah. (laughs) But I have to say, oh, Gollum, I'm so in love with Gollum. (laughs) He is just... Isn't he awesome? Just the oh. yeah, no, that was that scene with Gollum, and I'm so glad they did that because you know now we got to actually see how how um, Bilbo got the ring. You mm-hmm. know that was really cool scene. I just think that was one of my favourite ones next to the trolls. Yeah, well, that's definitely. that's actually part of the story. The the Hobbit is Bilbo's story. Exactly, not right. Thorin's. Not, no, not Gandalf's, no. not Saruman's, no. not <laughs> Sauron's. Done... You know, yeah. I was like, "Why are you even? The ha- why are you even there? Why are you there? I know your name was mentioned in the book, but you weren't actually there." So, uh, yeah, but you, you do get to see a little bit of um, you get to see the spark between Gandalf and Galadriel. Galadriel. Mm-hmm. 
I think that was quite nice. But once moment. again, that was a bare up scene. Yep. Member berries and you know key jangle, whatever the term you want to use in pop culture. Yep. But it was basically remember Lord of the Rings. That's 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 going to be my phrase for this trilogy. Remember Lord <laughs> of the Rings, because that's what this is just doing. And you're like, mate, yeah. you're better than this. This uh, is all a studio. Um, yeah. 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 It's sad because well, this, is, this is the best one of the three. It gets worse. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh well. Because now we've got an entire film about a love triangle that really didn't need to happen. Yes. Well, um, we'll see. The, the oh. barrel scene, if I remember rightly, the barrel scene when we get to that, I just died inside. Um, I think I remember that, and I tell you what, it had nothing to do with the book at all, did it? It was just like, oh my god, you completely. Anyway, but that's okay. Yeah, that's what we I will, We will get there, yeah, because this is this yeah. is all we can talk about. It's three quarters of the book is told in this first movie. There's a quarter filler, so we know there's not much left to do. You know, the rest is going to be two films of filler and fluff and unnecessary noise and there's a reason why this was universally panned by people it'll be interesting to see the box office returns when we get the uh the battle of the five armies because i yeah. think most of us like me checked out at the second one really okay i think most of us just checked out and went nah she hadn't even seen the third one I haven't seen the third one, no. So you checked out as well. So that, that's, I think it says it all. Oh, yeah, I couldn't be bothered, no. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so. <laughs> there, there's a portent for things to come, but, uh, yeah. Not a, not, this is not a happy time. Such a shame. No. Oh, well. Uh, well, Dale, thank you for coming up. Oh, this is good. At least we're, sad that we're finishing off on a bit of a low with these three, but at least we're. We'll get to see the journey and understand the whys and whens. So if you happen to be a budding filmmaker, don't make these mistakes and don't let studios bully you. Because <laughs> Listen, learn. Yep. But there you go. Uh, we will be back. Uh, just even to say thanks again for everyone that tuned in and took part in the chat. And uh, keep up the, the channel. Do the type of clicky things. Until next time, keep it creepy. Keep it horrific. <laughs>